wait, what does this go like again? Key state alert. Over to state alert. Over to Nathan. Hello and welcome to a new nation podcast. We're here on the cusp of an election announcement, but we couldn't wait any longer to talk about the US election. We're back. Um, with Nick Ward and our US election correspondent all the way from Scranton. Um, it's the wonderful Ollie Parker. Hi, thanks for having me back. Yeah. Oh, has anyone slept? No. I have. I managed to stay up till two I managed to stay up to two AM and then I was asleep. I couldn't I couldn't manage it anymore. You're but, such an old man. I know, but I've had three days, like everyone else, of total tension, haven't been able to turn off CNN. Now obsessed with like their interactive wall of magic. Now obsessed with quest means business, mm -hmm. um, which is my new favorite thing. Future like of future of mice. I know. <laughs> so I just think you know it's um, it's been such an exciting election and incredibly tense. I think for everyone, both because we still don't know the result, which is mm -hmm. incredible, but also I think partly because how the electoral system has played out in America, where with the late counting of postal votes, and we know they're heavily into Democrats, keeping that tension level really, really high. Um, for me, the most disappointing thing was that every time I kept going to sleep, I kept expecting to wake up after eight hours and to know the result. And like three nights in a row, that has not been the case. And Nevada <laughs> still haven't counted any more votes. <laughs> yeah, it's we just have like, now. Okay. We are recording this podcast at quarter to seven on the 6th, Friday the 6th of November. Um, so if you've been watching uh, the... I've been watching Fox News's website oh. they called arizona first and i thought fox news are calling arizona and <laughs> i want to keep watching them <laughs> see now i'm all with cnn i'm like be conservative although i'm starting to lose my patience a little bit now with this growing margin in favor of biden in pennsylvania but before we dig into that ollie do you want to like give us a an overview of where we stand what what's the situation now uh, for listeners who have somehow managed to completely ignore that this is happening and have come from some sort of twilight world. Sure. So, um, I mean, you say we don't know who's won. We don't know who's officially won, but it's clearly Biden. Biden yeah. won. So uh, we, have, um, we have a few outstanding states. We have quite a few outstanding states, actually, but we have a few outstanding states, four that are still competitive. So we have uh, Nevada, where Biden is at time of recording 20,000 plus votes ahead, but most of his outstanding vote is in Clark County, which is heavily democratic. That's the area around Las Vegas. Um, so he'll win that. We've then got uh, Arizona next door. Uh, he's clearly ahead there. Uh, a bit too close to the call. We don't know if he's gonna win it, but Biden doesn't need it. We've then got Georgia. Biden's also ahead. Uh, that's even closer than Arizona. I would say that's definitely too close to call. There's uh, up to 9,000 military ballots outstanding. They mm -hmm. tend to turn Republican. He's only ahead by 1,200 or so. There's also provisional ballots. No idea how many there are of those or how they'll trend. Some say Democratic, but we don't know. So that's genuinely too close to call. But again, Biden doesn't need it. Mm -hmm. And then we have the final, where I am right now, Pennsylvania, where um, I think 20,000 and growing is the Biden lead. Um, you know, the, out, the outstanding ballots that have been coming in um, over the past, well, uh, three days, <laughs> past two days of postal ballots have been like 80% Biden. Uh, there's absolutely no reason why that won't continue. We know here that the provisional ballots that haven't been counted yet 
are heavily democratic. Uh, we also know that Biden has won without uh, post-election day votes. So these are votes that haven't been received yet, um, but will be postmarked election day. He doesn't need those to win, even though um, they're probably heavily democratic as well, which cuts off one of Trump's like challenge options, as it were. So uh, yeah, he's ahead there. He's going to win there. He's going to be the next president of the United States. Kamala Harris is going to be the next vice president. There's so there's so many exciting things to, t to touch on there, but just just to round off the picture, in order for if Joe Biden uh, is declared the winner in, in Pennsylvania, he becomes the next president of the United States. If he wins Georgia, there's no way for Donald Trump to become the next president of the United States. So then he also becomes the president of the United States. Um, he doesn't need to even worry about Arizona and Nevada anymore. But well, if, if Georgia, he'd need Nevada as well, which he will. Oh, would he? Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. So it's it's there's but there are there are a number of routes still remaining. Can you start to draw the numbers for me as well? <laughs> Do the math. Um, but, yeah. But what what that means though, in, in a nutshell, like you said, is that ultimately there are a number of routes for Joe Biden to become president of the United States. The most likely one being that he wins Pennsylvania. There is now almost no routes left for Donald Trump to become president again. Well, one remaining route is the illegitimate route, but even that is closing. Yeah, the illegitimate route. Yeah. Which would be a, a series of challenges to yeah, the legality. Challenges to cast dispersions on the result, uh, eventually hoping that makes its way through lower court circuits mm -hmm. all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, and then try and steal the election. But they've got no evidence, right? This is what we keep hearing all day, that they're making these assertions that it's been stolen, they're making these assertions that, you know, the, the election hasn't been done very well, but there seems to be no actual, any evidence whatsoever that it has. I think we were talking about um, that the one thing that they had was that in some place they'd found this woman who said that her vote had been stolen and they sort of put her forward. And then when they looked at the signature on her vote, they were like, no, that's your signature. You signed that. <laughs> And she went, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so your vote wasn't stolen. Yeah. What's been interesting is the scattergun approach of um, Trump's response. Um, and lots of people um, will be watching the CNN coverage. Everyone is talking about what happened between uh, Gore versus Bush in 2000 when there was a challenge. That challenge was in one state, over 500 votes. And now what we've got is, you know, an increasing number of legal challenges over tens or thousands of votes. Like, he surely doesn't have a hope in hell of um, winning any of these legal challenges and, and, and stealing the presidency. Well, even if he does, like, you might win the legal challenge, but none of them are at the scale of fraud or the inconsistency that he's arguing for that would change the results of the election, right? Mm -hmm. I think, I think scattergun approach is, is right. I think um, it, it's an attempt to try and cast doubt by mentioning as many things as you can possibly can in the hope that just about enough sticks that you can cast just about enough doubt to undermine it in people's minds. And that's, you know, that's have no doubt that it is probably working with some people. You know, America is a very divided country. Uh, there's a lot of people who are clearly Trump fanatics who, came out for him at this election, but did not come out for the Republicans in 2018. So, you know, there's clearly a constituency there that's listening to this. And if you're an American, you're probably, that's quite dangerous. And you're probably a bit worried about that, to be honest. But, you know, that's, that's not like confuse that with there being any doubt that any of this is factual. So for example, one court case that 
uh, I think got upheld for a while, wasn't about letting observers into the count. It was about how close they could stand while the count was in progress. So the rule said 12 feet and the Republicans wanted six feet. Now, I mean, you know, and that was one of the things that Trump used in his press mm. conference. So, you know, when you're kind of at that level and eventually they did just let them stand six feet away. Um, but when you're at that level of trying to cast dispersion, you know, scattergun is your only tactic. And it's, I have to say this, you know, just touching on Trump's press conference, he looked like yeah. a broken man. He wasn't selling it with any pizzazz. He, he, you know, he, he uh, you know, he certainly wasn't kind of pushing it, was he? he well, well, there's two like, things about Trump's presentation recently. The, the first thing on that press conference was that we often assume when he comes out with these sort of angry jibes that they're off the cuff and he's, you know, just talking as he goes. And that's why they're always so outrageous and ridiculous. And what we actually saw in that press conference that they were pre-written. So that actually they were written down as a deliberate strategy to, I think, confuse and obfuscate the, the result. The mm. second thing is that Donald Trump hasn't tweeted for quite some time now, um, I believe. So, you know, what you're, what you're seeing more and more, it feels a bit like the wonderful, um, the wonderful simile that was put forward by CNN, which was, you know, the, the obese turtle on its back in the sun writhing about. And what one beautiful language but two also like you can feel this desperation really starting to eke out from the campaign and if you actually look at eric his son uh, not eric no donald um donald trump jr's both of them tweets it's they're hysterical as in like they have lost the plot you know and they are you know th there's one that i saw that i thought was coming close to sedition you know it was almost encouraging armed resistance against the democratic vote and it's we saw Steve Bannon uh, banned from Twitter now for his well, beheading. I was going to touch on that, actually. I mean, you know, I, I, I've heard about these sort of uh, Trump and Trump Jr. tweets, but I actually haven't seen them because Twitter took them down pretty immediately. Donald Trump's yeah. Twitter feed is just currently a stream of things saying this is misinformation, so we're not letting it through. And Which, and we should do a show. implications for future elections. And he's commented yeah. on that by tweeting, Twitter is out of control, made possible through the government gift of Section 230. Um, an hour ago, he tweeted, where are the missing oh, military he's... ballots in Georgia? What happened to them? But they're um, coming. <laughs> doesn't... This comes down to the inconsistencies of the Trump argument right now. What completely undermined him was what happened in Arizona and mm. to an extent what's happening in Georgia as well. So the plan was clearly, uh, you know, win the table and then we can cast dispersions on the Rust Belt, uh, mm. plus Pennsylvania, uh, because a similar state, similar region of the country, a similar pattern was gonna happen whereby they were gonna count the election vote first and then the mail vote was gonna come in and be like 80% democratic. So they could just point at that. It's a clear strategy. Whereas Arizona, where he's behind, forced Donald Trump to say, stop the count, apart from there, which yeah. is a really easy consistency to point out. And plus also saying these are, you know, democratic states, democratic establishments sending me up in the Rust Belt and actually Georgia, Republican governor, election mm -hmm. run by Republicans. They were very robust as Republicans saying, no, the vote here is fair. So, you know, it's really those two states swinging away from him has really just undermined them. It was very interesting, just uh, just this now actually on CNN, they were getting reports of some of the atmosphere within the West Wing itself. And apparently those reports were saying that Donald was angry and watching lots of television and um, furious that he felt that his supporters um, in the Republican Party weren't coming out to bat for him and argue for his side, but also that his chief of staff was sort of 
continuing to encourage the sort of conspiracy theory aspect, which um, other members in the West Wing were starting to consider to be quite dangerous in terms of sort of a smooth transition of power. And then, of course, as you can imagine, it's a little bit like rats in a sinking ship. Everyone suddenly went, oh God, I'm not going to have a job. So, you know, everyone is now starting to think about themselves <laughs> and going, having a bit of a panic. Uh, it must be a really intense, um, stressful atmosphere there. And I suppose what worries me about that is that we know that under pressure, Donald Trump doesn't respond well. We know that at the best of times, he isn't logical, but he's probably had very little sleep. He sees his power ebbing away. Um, and it's scary. It's scary because you know, the smooth transition of power in a democracy is a fragile, delicate thing. And, you know, I, I don't think the Biden camp helped themselves when they released a statement that said, you know, the, the US government is well used to removing loiterers or unwelcome guests from the White House. You know, that to me was a, was a potentially an unnecessary escalation too early. I think they've done such a good job so far of being presidential, of looking like the mature governing party ready to take over. Um, I always be like, don't, don't ruin it, don't spoil it, keep doing that. And of course we have, a, we have a, an address to the nation is what they're calling it, even though I'm not sure if they're allowed to do that yet. They've got an address to the nation happening this evening. Um, all of all of his statements have been addresses to the nation, and that's the, you know, they, they've been pitching that as him being presidential. And mm. actually, I think Joe Biden has looked more presidential over the last forty-eight hours than he did throughout the whole campaign. Like yeah. he he actually has has taken on the role of president-elect already, and I think that his his two addresses to the nation were almost pitch perfect. You know, mm -hmm. in terms of count every every vote. Um, and, and, and that was really important, not claiming victory and, and certainly not coming out and tweeting about how he was claiming the electoral college votes first. Oh, that was mad. I formally, it was like the kind of thing that people put on your Facebook that are like friends with your parents of like, I formally involve, like notify Facebook that they cannot copy any of my <laughs> posts about my favourite hairdresser and use it against me. Like, you know, it was that kind of like, full legal language ridiculousness and you're like you are the leader for now of the free world mate you need to get a grip on, on that you know if if biden is going to be successful and i think it's looking increasingly like he will thank goodness i think we need to start thinking a little bit about what that means in terms of transition because only unlike in the united kingdom there's three months of of Donald Trump still being in power. What might that look like in reality for, like, can he still pass legislation? Can he still, you know, get things done? Or like, what, what how does it work? Do you, like, I'll pull those apart, you know, what do I think will happen and, and how does it work? I'll start with how does it work? So can he pass legislation? I mean, he's not been able to pass legislation for the last two years because he lost the House of Representatives in the 2018 midterms. And um, so nothing, Pelosi will not let him pass anything, say besides a coronavirus relief bill, maybe. Um, but, you know, would, you know, Trump wouldn't get much say in that. That would be Mitch McConnell, uh, the Republican leader in the Senate, who will remain. Who has been very silent. He's been extremely silent. Uh, and Pelosi kind of putting that together and sending it to Donald Trump and asking him whether he wants to sign it or not. Like mm -hmm. his power in that, in that sphere will, will be very minimal. Uh, and that, that's a stretch as well. That's me just saying the only thing that could happen. Um, in terms of, you know, how it will look, I think I would actually go back to what we were saying in the last podcast about what kind of the end game is for Trump when he loses. 
So we've had this scattergun approach of trying to undermine confidence in what's happening. I think that will continue, but clearly he's got no evidence and he's got nothing to, to base it on, but also clearly he has convinced some of his most partisan supporters. So I would lean towards some kind of media network being set up off the back mm. of this. Mm. Uh, you know, some kind of like, you know, Trump TV truth network. And he was slagging off Fox News. He was saying Fox News isn't what it used to be. You can't trust you guys anymore. That was his opening gambit on election day. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, who had Rupert Murdoch being the good guy of 2020? You know, <laughs> Trump's phoning him up with uh, Trump's chief of staff phoning him up, telling him to, you know, recuse the Arizona call because they knew how harmful that was to the Trump mm. narrative. And mm. Rupert Murdoch standing by his TV station, standing by his journalists and refusing to do it. I mean, you know, 2020 has given us a lot of surprises, but Rupert Murdoch being cheered to the rafters. The hero. <laughs> Was, was certainly not one on my bingo card. It, it, was, it was funny watching the Arizona Republican Party come out and, and boo Fox Network. Yeah. It seems to be the last four years, Fox, Fox News has been the only news outlet that Trump relied on and spoke, spoke well of. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone else was in the fake news media, and now Fox News have been encompassed in that. Really? Just... Well, we, we said last time, didn't we, that Fox had signed up with the other major networks strict code of how they were going to approach election night and it seems mm. to have held and that's angered trump yeah I, 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 sorry i after you no i was just going to say so what's next you know I'm, I'm i'm looking um at what what's happening live so that we can keep up with anything if there what's are happening any, live any other live updates um we've we've only got now that sources close to the white house are saying officials are beginning to back away from trump they're obviously thinking about their, their future careers, um, which I think is probably quite wise. Um, but but what, what is next? What's going to happen over the, over the next couple of days? Because it feels like a bit of a, you know, a bull in a china shop approach that we've got here from, from Trump that this could still go on for some, some weeks before we actually know for definite what's going to happen. Yeah, like will Biden claim victory tonight? Like, is that what's going to happen? Because if not, Biden, then what happens? I think Biden will clearly stay the course. I think what you said about his approach around being presidential, short, clear cons, you know, straight to camera, backed by, you know, those PowerPoint slides they were putting out. Mm -hmm. It will be like that. They'll, they'll continue that strategy. I think tonight will be, I don't think he'll claim victory um, unless the network call it for him between now and, and his address, which, you know, they might. There's some pressure now to start calling Pennsylvania and Nevada, which would mm. put him over the top. Pennsylvania alone would put him over the top. Um, so there is some pressure there. Um, so I think, oh, I've lost my train of thought a bit. What do I think? I think, he, uh, I think he'll continue the strategy. You know, I think he'll want a short piece to camera I think he'll want to look right down. He'll want to keep it clear. I think it might be a bit of, for the last couple of nights, I've been telling you that we're really confident that we're going to pull ahead in these states. You can now see we've pulled ahead. It's only a matter of time. Keep calm. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this will get resolved. But in, go in going to Nathan's point then, like, so he doesn't, he goes and does this address. And then what happens? Like, so what happens next? We're waiting for the states to be called. And I mean- By the networks. Yeah, by the networks or by state election officials. I don't think we're going to get a call in Georgia anytime soon. I just think it's too tight. Mm -hmm. However, our other three states are in play. I think we could get a call. Uh, as I say, um, uh, Nevada, there's increasing pressure because of the composition of the vote that's left. Philadelphia, increasing pressure for exactly the same reason. And Arizona, the last couple of ballot drops, 
backdrops. Uh, Trump has f um, fallen below the thresholds he needs to mm. pull that state back. I'm not saying it's over, but I'm just saying it's it's tilting away from him. And plus, mm. of course, you know, Fox, as we mentioned earlier, uh, has actually already called the state for Joe Biden. So in a weird way, on some networks, um, if Nevada gets called, Fox would actually say he's the next president, for example. Mm. So, you know, I think we're just waiting for one of those big calls to land, really, and then it's done. Uh, that could happen tomorrow morning, um, maybe Monday, but no further than that. I am so excited that the clouds are parting and something nice is happening uh, like it's it's been a difficult four years and it's been a difficult 2020 and this would be an excellent gift at the end of a year um but i think what we'd also need to talk about probably not today but probably the next time we come back which will be after the election is called is i'd love for us to have both a little bit of a chat about what what biden's priorities might be and what what he might be doing in those first year like uh, in government, I think it would be really interesting. Obviously, he's going to have, I think, it's something like 1,400 positions to fill because uh, of the way the American system works. So that's going to be interesting as well. Will we see jobs for Elizabeth Warren? Will we see jobs for Pete Buttigieg? You know, what, what, might, this, what might this look like? Mm. But then I'd also love to talk a little bit, and we'd love to have you on for this, Ollie, if you feel like you would be interested in this as well, a little bit about sort of the age of the strongman. Um, you know, I don't think we can say that it's over because, as you've pointed out, you know, 70 million people have voted for Donald Trump and there's still strong men in different countries around the world. But I think, hopefully, well, like, we don't know how this will completely turn out, this shows us that these people can be challenged and they can be defeated if you, if you have a strong democratic system. And I think it'd be really good for us to dig into that a little bit and talk about sort of there. Because like you said, um, you know, he still won a lot of votes, but then I would also put back that that... Theoretically, Joe Biden has both won, fingers crossed, as many electoral college votes as Donald Trump won, and has won the popular vote by over 4 million um, votes. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see the tone that him and his administration takes, because he could legitimately say, just like Donald Trump did, well, actually, I've got a landslide and I've got, I've got a mandate to do some things, but we'll have to wait and see. So... It, I think it's really interesting. I think the future of the Democratic and Republican parties are really, really interesting. And I think some of those kind of proxy wars have started to flow into the UK political discourse, actually. Mm. And I think it's I think it's a really interesting thing to dig into. And I think actually we shouldn't get too blindsided by just looking at the future of the Democrats. I think the kind of aggressive left across the world does this far too much. What does this mean for Democrats? What does this mean for Biden? How should he approach this to government? The Republicans have a lot of really serious issues to tackle as well about how mm. their party and how their coalition is going to kind of come back together coming forward. And I think, you know, your point about the popular vote, um, I think um, in US presidential elections, um, the Republicans have won uh, the popular vote once uh, in the last, uh, since 1992 now. So wow. that's a generation where they haven't managed to win the popular vote in a presidential year. That's, that's huge. You know, mm -hmm. we, should, we should give some time to that as well. Yeah. And, and I'd also love to explore some of the issues around what happened in Miami-Dade um, and looking at what, what's going on with the Latino vote there. Because I think when people do a sort of takeout and look at American politics, people have often said, well, inevitably everything's going to go Democratic because of the rising Latino vote. And I just think there's lots of interesting parallels with how that's both not correct, doesn't understand values, but also if you look at what's happening to the ethnic minority and Black vote in the UK in particular, which used to be very strongly Labour and actually is now not, I think there, there's interesting parallels to look at there as well about how the left can sometimes take for granted um, minority votes when it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of really interesting chat. I think there's a lot of interesting things to say about polling as well. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that is the geekiest thing. <laughs> you know, because that is in between elections. That's how we measure the horse race. And actually, yes. if we are measuring it against like metrics that are wildly off, like you know, it's something that needs to be dug into. I mean, the mm. whole narrative. I mean, if the polls were correct going into this election, we'd have been saying nail biter throughout. Instead, we went into this election thinking, oh, chance for Biden landslide. Didn't come anywhere near that. So, yeah. you know, the Republicans still control the Senate. No one said that was going to happen. So. Yeah. Now, I'm just glancing at the predictions that you made, Ollie, and I don't think we should go through them today. I think we should wait to the final results are there. But I think you've been pretty accurate. Uh, I got the, I thought he would win one uh, kind of, Southern Sunbelt state, but I've got the Sunbelt state wrong. Uh, if Biden hangs on in Georgia. Wow. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Currently um, on CNN, we're, we're sitting at 253 electoral votes for Biden, 213 for Trump. With It's been that way for forever though, hasn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Like days. If we on two fights three for and days. Why have they not called Alaska yet? Like just call it. Come on. Just call Pennsylvania. It? Like this is what's bugging me. Is it's just it's so obvious where the trend is going. It's an independent so senator who is running uh he, he will caucus with the Democrats, but he's officially an independent, has actually said that he thinks he has a chance of winning, you know. In Alaska. Alaska. But How surely true that is, I don't know. But like, surely every independent says that. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the count, he basically said the same thing that Biden's been saying. Once all the vote is in, I think you'll see Biden dead. He basically copied that language. So Great. who knows? Who knows? I've been wondering the same thing, and then I saw that, and I thought, well, that is interesting. Mm. North Carolina also has not been uh, called yet, but looks very... It's very Trumpian, though. Very confident for, for Trump. There's, so there's, there's I think they're pretty confident. I think they're only waiting for like provisional ballots and overseas ballots to come in, and there's a mm. deadline on that. What is... Just one final sort of... like. Geek question. I've not quite understood what a provisional ballot is. Yeah. It means slightly different things in different counties, different states, because of you know, what we've been saying about the American system before. But broadly what it means is that if you turn up on election day and you forgot your ID or you went to the wrong polling station, they'll let you fill out a vote and then you can right. come back later and uh, provide the ID or uh, resolve an address issue or something. Okay. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you, 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 we get them in the UK. If, if your name's not on the list, you're still allowed the chance to vote, and they'll they'll work out if you know if you were definitely meant to be on the list, um, mm. and that you've not voted somewhere else. Um, there's usually a bit of you know that cross cross contamination of of um, checking. Cool. But but he he you know the, this with mail-in votes as if you know Trump's been saying like as if mail-in votes have never happened before uh, they happen now <laughs> all the time they're a common election a postal vote what <laughs> a vote for the post is outrageous I know. I know. He, he was saying you know there was one state where they had to they had to copy all the ballots because they printed them on the wrong size of paper. Um, the the oh. the election team were were making sure that every ballot was crossed off among against each other and and even just that oh the the Democrats were copying ballots in, in such and such state allows for that narrative to be to be yeah. built. I'm sure we'll continue to see more of of this. They even news. have their own uh, hashtag use pen conspiracy, which is uh, that some votes were filled out using sharpie pens. Mm. 
apparently it was difficult to read them in the electronic scanners they have. I, I like... But they don't realise that if it's not scanned, it's still counted and, and looked at by both the Democrats and Republicans. Mm. confidence. This would also be a very interesting conversation at some point about machines and elections and how, you know, you can't hack a community centre in Hackney. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you can't hack the Sobel Centre in Islington. You can't hack down the road in Edinburgh. Um, but what, what was interesting was, I think it was Georgia that said that this is the first election in 20 years that they've not used electric voting systems oh. in counting and um, polling stations. So... It, it sounds to me like, you know, there was already thoughts that Trump might um, say that there was illegitimacy in the election and they've tried to, to counteract that by, a, a, by, you know, securing a paper-based system mm. in some, some of the states that have now come on to, to be quite, um, quite important in this race. Mm, definitely. I can actually explain why states decided to move towards electronic counting and oh go on then do it quickly give, give us that that's a lovely thing to end on very 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 nerdy but basically do you remember i think it was a, a uk european election where there's some regions where there was an extremely long ballot paper mm. and a few people complaining about it saying it's far too long it's going to take forever to count blah 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 but essentially in every u.s election um on the same day as you'll be voting for president you'll also be voting for your, your senator your, your maybe your house member also your local state senator your local house representatives councilmen mayors vice mayors uh statewide ballot provisions county-wide ballot provisions council ballot provisions so you can end up in, i think in nevada that they said that their ballot paper was two pages long for example <laughs> So you can end up with hugely long ballot papers. So the way you speed it up is by making it electronic so people can just do it really quickly. And then, of course, you can then tally the votes really, really quickly. So that's why they do it. And Florida's really good at it, which is why they were so quick. So that's why they do it. Well, maybe Nevada can learn because... Nevada uh... <laughs> needs to learn. <laughs> we have been waiting far too long for them to announce... But nothing moves. Night after night, doesn't he? And says, it's not my job to be quick. It's my job to be accurate. And I yeah. just take as long as I need. Can he not do both? Like, I feel like it's not one or the other. Can you not be both reasonable and accurate? <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay, shall we call it there then, chaps? Mm. And we'll come back together after we know uh, after we know who the next president for sure is, and we'll have a little bit of chat about some of those issues. Maybe we'll even talk about some non-American news. Who? What? What is there well, such a thing? Be, you know, we had furlough scheme, and we've had all sorts of things happen. We've been we've we've had the SNP results in Edinburgh Central, one of the seats that we've been. Uh, looking at um, and as equally important as the UK furlough scheme extension, equally, <laughs> equally, and the US presidential race. Um, but I'm sure we'll get back to normal service on a new nation um, very soon. But you know, the American election is one of the biggest deals hmm. in the world, so it's absolutely right that that we take an interest. Hopefully, um, our listeners have too, but probably got more sleep than than me or Ollie have in the last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> We're not all a part-timer like you, Nick. No, it's it's called being a grown-up. <laughs> goes to bed at a reasonable time. Can I say, staying up till 2am is not being a part-timer. Like, but anyway, it's fine. I don't have to justify myself to you or anyone else. Um. <laughs> on that note, thanks very much for joining us again, Ollie. We look forward to hearing your thoughts on the final result and we'll see everyone well you will hear us all very soon